0: You are listening to episode 175 of This is Type 1. Today, we're going over five basic mindset tools for people with type 1 diabetes. But to be honest, these mindset tools really apply to anybody, not just people with type 1 diabetes. So the five mindset tools that we're going to talk about are curiosity and questioning, awareness, experimentation, reflection, and allowing. So to start off with curiosity and questioning... I firmly believe that having a questioning attitude means that you are far more likely to get answers to questions, even if they're questions that you hadn't really thought about asking to begin with. Just the, the fact of being curious lets other questions bubble up to the surface. And you can ask a whole bunch of different questions of yourself. And it could be questions about your diabetes. It can be questions about your exercise patterns, basically anything in your life. And there are a bunch of different resources out there with lists of questions to ask yourself. And a good place to start with this is like journaling prompts. If you've never done journaling before, or if you've never considered having a curious mindset before, journaling prompts are a great way to do this. And figuring out how to relate those journaling prompts to your diabetes can uncover a lot of different things in the background. I think asking what if questions are great, too, especially if you're asking them in a positive light. A lot of the times we tend to use what if questions to kind of go down the doom loop and the negative spiral of things. But what if you ask what if it worked out or what if uh, my blood sugars are amazing instead of what if my blood sugars are terrible if I do this thing? Those are the kind of what if questions you want to ask yourself. When you're curious about how type 1 diabetes works, you're also teaching your brain that there's more out there than just what it already knows. I think we get stuck in our own little world sometimes thinking we what we know is the extent of what there is to know. But the more we expose ourselves to other people in the diabetes community, the more we ask questions, the more we seek out more information, the more broad our understanding of diabetes becomes. And that's. Kind of what Jesse and I have realized throughout this podcast is we always learn something new whenever we do a podcast episode. And 175 episodes in, we are still learning stuff about diabetes, even though we've both had diabetes for quite
1: a while. So when it comes to curiosity and questions, everybody's going to have questions and be curious about different aspects of diabetes at different points in their diabetic span. So, when you're first diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, you're going to be curious and really overwhelmed about everything and have a million trillion questions. And then 10 years into it, like I am, and Colleen, even more so than I am, have less questions and we're more so curious about super in depth, in detail things about diabetes. So, like different specific foods that are affecting us, specific types of insulin. So, even though you're it kind of like, over time, it definitely narrows down where you're curious and questioning at. But definitely asking yourself, how can I improve? Or what went wrong? And how can I fix it? Or what if I did this even slightly different? And then experimenting on that can help you with diabetes management and blood sugar control a lot. Now, the hard part about this comes in when... You or your doctor, or somebody accidentally forms a bad habit or a bad thought habit of, oh, I messed up. Where did I go wrong? And that's my fault. So, not necessarily telling yourself that you're to blame for. Well, in this scenario, yes, telling yourself that you're to blame is probably the wrong thing to do when something does go wrong. But ask, but again, going back to what Colleen said about asking the what if questions in a positive way can really be effective. Though you just have to be really careful about not forming those bad habits of, oh, my blood sugar is really high because I had this cake. Because I'm a, a horrible human being. Because I'm a terrible diabetic. Like it, you can spiral, and it's a very steep slope to spiraling down into very bad thoughts and be, being very self-judgmental when it comes to your diabetes. And we don't want that in life. That would just be bad.
0: We do have a tendency to equate our blood sugars with our self worth. Like yeah. if I'm high, there must be something wrong with me, instead of. Oh, I just forgot to bolus for that thing I ate yesterday. And I ended up being like 220, which by the way, yes, actually happened. I forgot to (laughs) bolus for something, made it to 220. I'm like, okay, that's what we're dealing with today. Yeah, (laughs) But it didn't make it mean anything bad about me.
1: Right. Exactly. And one thing that's really hit me within the last like six months more so is that oh, that's my blood sugar brain talking. That's not actually me talking. And especially when you're tired too and you're having like a high blood sugar and you're having those kind of thoughts of like, oh, I'm a terrible diabetic. And then being tired on top of it, that's when it just like you think it and then it just accidentally stays with you for a while. Even though it's definitely not true because when you're exhausted, so that's hitting you differently. Two, your blood sugar is probably not where it should be. So you're definitely not thinking as clearly as you actually should be and three all of those things can cause emotions to kind of bubble over in a negative or kind of dramatic way so definitely like having those thoughts and those like oh oh no you know that kind of a thinking can definitely be bad that's not (laughs) but questioning diabetes and like questioning of like this is how can i manage it like this can i manage it differently and better Those are positive things to think about. And being curious about your diabetes is a good thing. I'm just saying like for those negative thoughts, it's okay to think them, just let them go.
0: And on top of that, uh, related to what you were saying about having blood sugar brain, when you have low blood sugar brain, it takes your brain, I think we talked about this before, but it takes your brain up to 45, actually, I think it's a minimum of 45 minutes to regain whatever cognitive capabilities you had before you went low. So if after a low blood sugar, you are feeling sluggish and you're reacting slowly and things are irritating you more, all of that stuff is because of a biological function of your brain trying to recover from the low. So it's not that there's anything wrong with you. It's that your body is literally like trying to save your life. And to do that, it needs to sacrifice some brain function. So that's okay. (laughs) The next one we're going to talk about is awareness. Now, with curiosity, I think comes awareness because the more you're curious about things, the more you realize and become aware of what's out there. And you become aware of the things that are working, the things that aren't working, the things that you maybe thought were okay, but ended up really not actually serving you. The list just goes on and on. Often people will say that awareness is the first step to making a change. I've said that before. And yes, that's true. But without a catalyst to lead to that awareness, whether it's a question, somebody pointing out a contradiction in your life, maybe you have just a little bit of a a dash of curiosity, something out there has to trigger that awareness for you. It's not just going to happen spontaneously. Unless you have that catalyst, you're just going to live the same old life over and over again. So we want you to become aware of what's going on in your life so that you can then make a informed decision to make a change or not. Jesse. what are your thoughts on awareness?
1: I definitely agree. Something has to like trigger it and something outside environmentally has to like stimulate you being either hyper aware of something or triggers being hyper aware of something like your blood sugar. So maybe like, I know for me at least when it comes to being super hyper aware of some of like my diabetes it usually happens within a week or two of my endocrinology appointments. So that it kind of sucks a little bit, but at the same time it helps me to like realize, Oh, this is what's going on. And like, this is what I can focus on a little bit better to kind of improve that. But definitely like being aware of your diabetes and definitely conscious of, Oh, this is what's going on is really good and healthy on a daily to think about diabetes and stuff. This is a part of our daily lives, but being aware of it overly or like too much can be bad.
0: It's kind of like you start brushing your teeth frantically the week before the dentist appointment.
1: Or flossing. Like you forget to floss for like two weeks, which is really gross. But then you just instantly remember like, Oh, this is something I have to do. And then you're like, Oh, my gums are bleeding like 20 minutes before your appointment. And then you're just like, well, they're going to think I don't floss when you probably, I probably ran out of flosser or- i i definitely ran out of flossers or- <laughs> 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 this has happened is a true story
0: <laughs> or it's like after the dentist appointment when they've told you you yeah. need to start brushing those back teeth more often and you have to move your jaw in a certain way and so the, like for the next month or so you're doing that and then it just slowly yeah.
1: disappears <laughs> yeah like if you have to form a conscious habit to keep it up which i feel like if it's that much effort to do something correctly, then they should probably fix the thing that's causing the incorrect... Like, not, like, the way... Like, you know how they, like, tell you to move your jaw a certain way? Well, why can't they make just a better toothbrush? (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to be like, why can't they make a better jaw? (laughs) Well, that, too. (laughs) But, you know, just fix the thing.
0: (laughs) Fix fix the toothbrush.
1: Yeah. Try to fix (laughs) fix the design of a jaw. Which is a perfect analogy for your diabetes. If there's something going... Like, you're aware. Like, hey, my pump doesn't work the way I want it to. Be aware of that and tell your doctor or tell your dentist you want a different toothbrush and they'll probably give you one. But it's a good analogy. like,
0: <laughs> And that that leads like right into experimentation and trying new things. Exactly. You won't, you won't know which insulin pump works best for you unless you try multiple. And... I mean, I I'm kind of saying that without having actually tried more than one pump because I've been on Medtronic in tandem, but I never tried a tubeless. But I also I know that know this about myself that I don't want to have nice the big Omnipod on my arm or whatever, and that's fine. But if you are brand new to insulin pumps and you have no idea which one would actually be better for you in your lifestyle, then ask your doctors to try multiple pumps out. Try an Omnipod, try a Tandem, try a Medtronic, like get them all on their trial period so that you can figure out which one works best for your lifestyle. Now actually talking about experimentation and trying new things, you might be thinking this has to do with actions, not mindset. And you would be right, but only partially because knowledge is nothing without implementation. We can know all of the knowledge in the world, but it doesn't help us unless we actually act on it. And we can only start taking action and experimenting if we believe that those experiments will be worth it if we're committed to following through on those things. I think that being willing to experiment is one of the key mindsets for people with type 1 diabetes because it's the only way we can figure out what really does work versus what really doesn't. So two examples from my life with experimentation are First, I did an elimination diet way back in 2020 to figure out some food sensitivities. And that was mostly to figure out why my weight loss was stalling. And I ended up finding out that I'm very sensitive to processed meats and nut flours. And nuts in in particular. So (laughs) if I have nuts or like nut butter or whatever, like just any kind of nut in uh, high amounts, then my skin breaks out. And I mean... I can decide consciously now if I want to have nuts and deal with the consequences of having a breakout or skin rash or whatever, or I can just decide to not have them at all. And that's, I only, I wouldn't, wouldn't have known that if I hadn't done this elimination diet. And the second experiment that you've all heard plenty about, and you will hear more about next week is my commitment to 52 hikes in 2022 to figure out how to not go low. So those are two really good examples of of experiments that you can run and just be creative with it.
1: I will say we've talked about a lot about experimentation and experimenting with diabetes. And Colleen and I are both big proponents of like figuring out what works best for you and your situation. So definitely thinking back to past episodes and stuff, we have gone into like a lot of detail about experimenting with pumps, experimenting with food, experimenting with exercise, with college, with working from home, with COVID, with being sick. So even though that you think you're very stuck in like your habits of how you're doing diabetes. You don't have to be that way. We have, please go back and listen to our episodes and get some ideas of like, oh, I really don't like the way I'm doing this. What can I change about it? Use us as a resource for that too. When it it comes to experimenting and trying new things, you will realize, or you might feel stress around, here's a good way to think, oh, I should probably experiment on this. Is you're feeling stress around some form of your diabetes. So, like, wow, I'm super stressed about testing my blood sugar because I know it's going to be high. Well, what's causing you to be high? What's giving you that like reaction? What's, what's that? As, why are you assuming that your blood sugar is going to be high? And if you're putting it off, why are you putting it off instead of taking care of it? There are steps that you can do to like kind of prevent that, even like, oh, would a sensor help? Would, is it something to do with where you want to be more hands-free? Would the Libre help instead with that? So definitely trying new technology, trying new food habits, an emotional reaction to something. If that's a habit for you, maybe I should break out of that habit. Or why am I feeling this way? Questioning those things and then trying to fix or change them it can be really beneficial too.
0: So I just realized while Jesse was talking that the experimentation phase of everything in diabetes is really just one part of the scientific method. So if you are in college or if you're in school and you actually remember the scientific method, I had to Google a picture of it because I don't remember the actual process. But it starts with asking a question, which is the first first mindset tool we had. Jesse, what did you want to say? I was going to say, can I
1: try and guess what the whole... I haven't done this since high school, so I feel like I should just know some of this. Okay, so I know the first one's ask your question. Yep. And then two is form a hypotenuse. (laughs) Hypothesis. (laughs) Hypothesis. We're leaving that in. Hypotenuse. So just because I'm vacation brain right now... (laughs) So form your hypothesis. Well, for college, you have to, or for upper division high school classes, we had to design our experiment or experiment. So that's like one and the same. Gather data. Do, so do your experiment, gather data, and then form your conclusions based off your data, and either confirm or deny your hypothesis. So you need they, to gather the
0: data, but you also need to analyze the data. That's yes, the only way. You yeah, can analysis. It, yeah, conclusion. Yeah. So yes, you got, you got it right. So you ask the question, you state the hypothesis, conduct the experiment, (laughs) analyze the results and then make your conclusion. And there's like, there can be like a little mini step in there where after you run the experiment and you get the data, if the answer is, or if the data doesn't tell you what your hypothesis actually, what you thought it was, then you make a new hypothesis and you run the whole experiment over and over again. And that's how you can get to the point where you actually have a result that you want with something in your life with type 1 diabetes or otherwise.
1: Do you have any more thoughts on that? Not really. That is a really good analogy, though. Actually, should we do an episode breaking down the scientific method for diabetes? Yes, that is a great idea. Everybody listening, we're going
0: to do that later (laughs) next year. (laughs) We'll have a whole episode on the scientific method and type 1 diabetes. And somehow I will remember to make a note for myself about that. Okay. I'll text you. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. The next mindset tool is reflection or introspection. Like however you want to think about this. This is the part where you think about whatever you experimented on. So in the scientific method, this is where you analyze your results. And having having those results is one thing. So you could have the result, but until you decide what those results mean, they're kind of useless. So this is the time where you want to take take time to reflect and think about what you're doing with your life, what you're doing with your experiments, what you're doing with your type 1 diabetes. And I think that reflection and introspection can have or bring a lot of clarity for the path forward. This is going to be, again, where you bring in maybe some journaling questions or you start a journaling habit, especially regarding your type 1 diabetes. I just think having that intentional time to reflect on whatever uh, you're going through in life, whether it's diabetes or not, it can bring a lot of clarity. And so don't skip over this one. This might just be the one you you start with, even if it's like step four in these these five step tools or whatever. Just giving yourself that time to think about your life and think about how you want to change things can be really powerful.
1: So with this too, it's also like, reflecting on yourself of oh is something wrong and then making the change for it too so even if you haven't made any changes to the way that you're doing diabetes or if there's something like really off with how you're managing your diabetes or you feel that something's wrong always listen to your intuition by the way so if you feel that something's going to be better by changing something just go ahead and try it because it won't hurt to try it before long because it could work out really well for you but also reflecting on like the day to day of type one diabetes, like oh I could have done this better, oh I, I think I could have done this a little bit better. I think I could have bolus fifteen minutes before more often when I was eating food, when I knew I was eating food and knew what I was eating. Like so, doing those kind of things would really help too. We do, I will say, a lot of endocrinologists and doctors will do a lot of reflection with you. When you're trying to explain like, oh, you're A1, when they ask if your A1C was a little bit higher than you wanted it to be or higher than they wanted it to be for you, trying to explain that to them. And then that's also a good time to like reflect on what you're doing and like, hey, I think this is not right. Can we change it? So, but it's very easy to fall in the habit of being super hyper. Focused on what you're doing wrong too. So reflecting on also what you're doing right with your doctor. Like th- I, this is just something I do is like, I kind of go into it a little bit too much with my doctor almost. This is all of the bad things that I'm doing wrong. And then don't necessarily give all the credit for do- all the things that I'm doing right. So definitely having that balance when it comes to your reflection and also not putting so much pressure on like yourself or your diabetes or the way you're doing diabetes can also be a very good thing to remember. But when you do reflections with your doctors and your endocrinologists, they're always just looking for answers of like, how can we help rather than how can we judge you? So keeping that in mind is really important too.
0: Another way of looking at this is to consider it more of an evaluation. And if when you're doing evaluations, the way I learned how to do them is start with what worked so that you're in that positive mindset and you don't get bogged down with the negative stuff like Jesse said. So start with what worked, then what didn't work. And then from that list, you come up with what to do differently. And your what didn't work can be however long or short you want it to. But the what to do differently should be really impactful and specific so that you're not trying to grasp at how to do or what to do differently next time. Or you don't want to have like a huge list of things. You want to make it uh, small and manageable. But those what to do differently is going to come from what didn't work. But you only want to write down the what didn't work after you get all the what did work out. And that um, kind of also ties in with the concept of the gap and the gain. And I've talked about this before. It's a book by uh, Dr. Dan Sullivan and uh, Benjamin Hardy. One of them is a a doctor. is a PhD, not an actual medical doctor. But the gap and the gain is this idea where we want to spend most of our time thinking about how far we've come from where we were instead of how far we have to go to where we want to be. Because when we're focused on the gap between where we are and where we want to be, we're missing out on all of the amazingness and the celebration of recognizing how far we've actually come from where we started. So that's uh, another twist on this reflection and introspection part. Jess, do you have any other comments on that?
1: No, not really. Okay. (laughs) All right. Our
0: final mindset tool is Allowing. I think the ability to allow really comes from a mindset of going with the flow. So it's rolling with the punches. It's being willing to say it is what it is. My business coach, uh, Dave Moreno, calls this phrase, it is what it is, having a dangerous mindset, because it means you're not arguing with reality. You're accepting reality as it is. You're not trying to make it something different. You don't wish it was something different, or it should be something different. If it is what it is, that means you can accept it and move on. What's the next thing that you're going to tackle? Because it's done. It's in the past. You had that high blood sugar. Now what are you going to do? So when we allow type 1 diabetes to do what type 1 diabetes does without arguing that it should be different, I think we gain so much power over our feelings about it.
1: I will say too, allowing your emotions to come through is really important because if you just like stuff them down, like stuff all of like the anger that you feel about diabetes about... Your endocrinologist about sadness, sorrow, grief, all the negative emotions to like just stuff them all down. You're also like suppressing all the really good things that can come out of diabetes too. Like you're just building that habit of stuffing all of your feelings down without letting any of them through. And one thing my mom did that we I really have to give her a lot of credit for was she let me used to get and I quote get mad at diabetes because it did take away a lot from you know well. A lot from my childhood and a lot of like normal experiences that kids would generally have, or and it gave me a lot of more experiences than most kids would have. So being allowing to be like mad at diabetes really helped. Like yelling at di not anybody in particular, but yelling at like some of the experiences that diabetes had to give me was really good about how I had to accept that this is my life and yeah I have control over this and what can I do to make it better for myself so allow by my mom allowing me to feel those negative emotions I was able to one take responsibility for it in the long run and also like seize the opportunities that it had given me too so like working with JDRF working with the diabetes link finding this doing this podcast with Colleen, it's allowed me to see all those opportunities rather than just stuffing all the negative in and just having that eventually boil over into something that I can't get some diabetes that I can't control, that I probably wouldn't be able to understand as well as that I am now, and having not taking the opportunities that this has given me. So That being said, by allowing yourself to feel negative emotions and talking about it and like expressing yourself, you're also allowing yourself to see the good and have the balance of allowing your emotions to come through as long as they don't like take full control of your life. You know, that's kind of (laughs) that's that shouldn't happen on a regular basis. And if it does, it's okay to talk to somebody about that, too, because they can really help you.
0: Well said. I think sometimes you just need to scream into a pillow about the pump that will not shut up. (laughs) Can be really cathartic. Don't don't discount the catharsis of screaming into a pillow. All right, now it is your turn. Which of these mindset tools do you use the most, and which do you need to work on? I invite you to join us over in the Half Dead Pancreas Club to discuss it more with the community. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com slash community. I can't wait to see you there.